1: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice.
0: Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court.
1: On this episode, I'll talk about a shopaholic. And I'll be talking about the Glen Sheen Mansion murder mystery. I have never heard of that. I am so excited. Really? Yes.
0: Is it an ultimate brandy case?
1: It's very brandy. And it was recommended by someone in our Discord. Okay. And, like, just a couple days ago, I read, like, she just posted about it a couple days ago, and I went and read a blurb about it, and I was immediately obsessed with it. So. Okay.
0: My case this week is also a Brandy case. It's horrifying. Can't believe I did it. <laughs> also comes from our Discord. Ooh. And if you're wondering, how do I get into this Discord? What's mm. that all about? Uh, Go to our Patreon. Patreon! <laughs> Join at the appellate or Supreme Court levels, and you can get into our Discord. And
1: the Discord's really fun. Like, it's it's a good time. Although, the other night... um. <laughs> Kyla and I basically turned it into a group chat between you, me, and her. It's true, it's true. (laughs) Do you want to confess what happened? So, um, Kyla and I went to a concert together, basically. Yeah. So, David and I went separately, and Kyla and Jay went separately, and they happened to stand, like, right in front of us. We thought there was no way that... We'd find each other there. Uh, Kyla is my sister, by the way, for anyone who's, like, (laughs) (laughs) newish, So I ran up and got her, and they came back and stood by us. And so in between um, acts, we were, like, standing around talking, and Kyla was double-fisting gin and tonics and sloshing them everywhere. (laughs) I should say, for anyone who's worried. uh, It was mom's night out. It was mom's night out. Kyla...
0: Poor girl hadn't had a drink in a long, long time. That's correct.
1: She had two. And And when the lines are that long at a venue, you have to buy two drinks. It would be irresponsible not to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mommy couldn't quite hold her. She could not hold her liquor. She was literally literally could could not hold her liquor. She
1: was sloshing it all over the floor. The floor became so sticky that her shoe literally got stuck to the floor. (laughs) So, I was watching all this go down in our Discord
0: um, from Kyla's home. Where I was watching their two children and (laughs) eating cold mac and cheese out of the refrigerator
1: (laughs) because they don't even have the decency
0: to have nice snacks in the house. You know what? When you go to babysit, when I go to babysit, I expect there to be Goldfish. (laughs) I expect maybe some candy that I can find hidden. Yes. No. Nothing
1: of the sort. Nutra Grain bars. No.
0: Will not be back. One star. (laughs) Will not be back. (laughs) Should we hop into it? Let's get to it. Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> dun,
1: dun, 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 dun,
0: dun. So, um, like I said, this comes from someone in our Discord, whose name...
1: You forgot to look God up? God bless.
0: No, no, no. Oh. Here's how good I am. Uh, not only did I like reach out to oh her... my God, I think I just went like... <sighs> right into the microphone. That brings me so much joy. <laughs> I don't know what episode it was, but I remember one time, you were like freaked out because you were convinced that on one of our episodes you sound sound like
1: a fucking mouth breather I'm like (laughs) tell me more Christian (laughs) I I never learned to breathe properly
0: (laughs) well I'm proud of you Brandy you've made a lot of progress Thank you. (laughs) no so I reached out to her I was like hey thanks for recommending this case uh do you want me to refer to you as your username in here or by your name and she said great my name is tag and I was like cool and then she goes, like Guten Tag. And I was like, oh, so tog? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for this recommendation, tog. Sorry. Taking off my shoe. Oh, Lord.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody settle in and get comfy, I guess.
0: Don't, don't you hate, like, sometimes
1: sandals you get all sweaty? Yeah. I mean, but I got flippy floppies on, so I'll just slide them right off. Well... I don't do flip-flops. I don't have to bend down. I know you don't do flip-flops. Why don't you do flip-flops? I don't know. Do you have something, like, fundamentally against flip-flops?
0: I don't think they're very comfortable.
1: Okay, so, I'm sorry. I have a flip-flop story real quick. First of all, I never call them flip-flops. I call them flippy-floppies. Okay. And exclusively (laughs) (laughs) flippy-floppies. Even when I'm having a semi-serious conversation (laughs) about them, I call them (laughs) flippy-floppies. David had slides. Uh-huh. These Under Armour slides that he apparently has had for eight million years. And like they're so worn in that like his toes basically had to like curl around oh, the no, end gargoyle of them style. to keep his feet inside of them. And and so I was like, you can't wear those anymore. I'm getting you some flippy floppies. <sighs> and so I, he had never had a pair of flippy floppies. I bought him a <laughs> pair, like just like $10 cheap ass, but they're made from a yoga mat. Like so they're super cushy. Oh. And it changed his life. <laughs> He won't let me throw away the underarm ones. He's like, "Oh, well, you just take out the trash and stuff.
0: It'd be a shame if something were to happen to them. Okay. Huh? Hmm?
1: Top secret. Right. David, hit... Take your earbuds out right now. I ordered him. David, this is an ad. You don't want to hear this <laughs> ad. I ordered him a pair of Adidas ones so that if he, if he refuses to wear the floppy floppies to take the trash out, he can wear a pair of Adidas slides. Adidas slides currently 50% off on their website. Uh, you know what's going to happen. They're not going to be on sale anymore when I... No,
0: no. He's going to be so thrilled. He's going to love the new Adidas slides.
1: He's not going to get rid of the Under Armour slides. Uh, I, so... I'm going to present them to him, and it's going to be a trade deal. (laughs) I got you these new slides. And then with the other hand... In order to get them, you must give me (laughs) those Under Armour ones. (laughs) And then I'm going to light them on fire so he can never put them on again. Seems like they're probably highly flammable by now. (laughs) You ready for this? I don't even know how we got on that topic. I'm so sorry. I am
0: very upset. (laughs) So this comes almost entirely from a show I love very dearly. Uh-huh. American Greed. Uh, I'm not gonna, well...
1: Don't give us the title if it'll okay, give it away. I, I won't. But, we'll,
0: we'll keep it in your pocket. But you're gonna know, you're gonna keep sniff... It, keep it in that pocket of that cute little dress. Oh, thank you. You're gonna sniff out what's going on here in like 2.5 seconds, I guarantee All right. it. Alright. We're in Duncan, Oklahoma. Ooh, where's that? Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the next big city by you didn't even bother to look it up i
0: can tell you the population <sighs> 23,000 people
1: that's fairly good sized that's right it's in stevens county oh great mhm this Good. Okay. smack dab in the middle but towards the south
0: boy i'm so glad mm-hmm. you looked that up that Thank really you. adds something and there's
1: like no big cities around <laughs> <laughs> hmm hmm,
0: hmm. It's October 2014, and people are kind of concerned because they haven't seen the Ruby family, like, all weekend. The Rubies are a pretty prominent family in Duncan. They own the local newspaper, and they're involved in the community.
1: Oh, wow. That is a prominent family. Uh, Yeah. 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 But all of a sudden, they're just nowhere.
0: 17-year-old Catherine didn't show up for school on Friday. And she didn't show up on Monday either. Mm. But on that Monday morning, the Ruby's housekeeper showed up for work. She immediately called 911.
1: Was there blood everywhere?
0: Yeah. (sighs) This is so sad. In the 911 call, she's like struggling to get control of their voice. They never said her name, Mm -hmm. but she'd obviously, she'd been with the family for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so she's struggling to get control of her voice. And she says that Mr. and Mrs. Ruby and Catherine are laying on the floor. She thinks they're dead. Mm -hmm. And a while later, she says, their bodies are ice cold.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: So, needless to say, stuff like this does not happen in Duncan. It doesn't really happen anywhere. I mean, it's just nuts. So investigators swarm the scene, and one of the people who shows up is Lieutenant John Byers. John immediately sees that the Rubies have security cameras around the outside mm-hmm. of their home. He's like, Okay, that's a plus. Mm-hmm. Then he walks into the home and that's where he sees for himself that Catherine, John, and Joy, who everyone calls Tinker, and even in her like byline in the newspaper, she goes by Tinker, mm-hmm. they've all been shot. John was stunned. A lot of questions came to mind, but the biggest one was Who done it? Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest one was the Rubies are a family of four. Four. (gasps) Yes.
1: Who's missing? (laughs) Another daughter?
0: 19 year old Alan. Ooh. So before we get into that, like, Alan Ruby, okay, Mm -hmm. who he is, where he is, let's talk more about the Rubies. Let's. They owned the Marlowe Review newspaper, which was a weekly newspaper that covered Marlowe, Oklahoma, which I am assuming is like five seconds that away from Duncan. So Tinker covered crime for the paper, but she was also super involved in the kids' school, and people in town called her the casserole queen, Mm. which is the most Midwest thing I have ever heard in my life.
1: Yeah, and it's like a very prestigious thing in the Midwest, yes.
0: If there's a funeral... If there's a baby that's been born, oh yeah, um, you better have your best. Fucking you got someone casserole. in the
1: hospital? oh, mm-hmm. casserole.
0: Mine, obviously, is sausage sausage brunch. brunch. What's yours? <laughs>
1: uh, I do like. Uh, well, I call it hamburger pie, but mm-hmm. it's like shepherd's pie. Okay, mm. I approve. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, other Midwest dishes. You know, a lot of casseroles will have. <laughs> this is this is so white trash, but it's delicious. <laughs> when people like. Crunch-up potato chips. Oh, and yeah. Or, or, so or Doritos. Good. Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Invite us to your potluck. Yes, please. I've heard in Minnesota they call it a hot dish. Hot dish, yeah. I love that. A lot of
1: places call it hot dish. I love yeah.
0: hot dish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't help where I was born. So. That's right. <laughs> John was an Eagle Scout.
1: No. Which...
0: You know, as we know on this podcast, that person's not a fan. can go one way or the other. John seemed like a good guy, though. All right. All right. He was also a photographer. And newspapers were like in his blood. They were the family business. His father was the publisher of the of the Duncan Banner. And at some point I didn't get an exact year on this, Mm -hmm. but they sold the Duncan Banner. And let me tell you. They had to have sold it a while ago because they actually made money selling oh, yeah. a newspaper. now you don't get any
1: money. No, yeah, <laughs> now
0: it's like a charity case. Yes. <laughs> so they put, they took that money, which was more than a million dollars, into a trust. So there they are, living in Duncan, Oklahoma, in a nice house, driving nice cars. They've got two children, Alan and Catherine, um, and they're living pretty well. They can afford to put their kids through college. Mm-hmm. Life is good. So. From what I saw, John and Tinker didn't live like a super flashy lifestyle. Like I imagine they were like what I think of as like Midwest rich Yeah. which is like you've got it you don't flaunt it Yeah. you don't really, you know, you just have a few nice things and that's life. Yeah. Alan, not so much. Ooh, he was flashy. Picture this. In his yearbook photo, he was wearing a Burberry button up Ooh, I mean that's like screaming.
1: That is. Do you know how much a, a Burberry shirt is? No. I've never priced them. How much? Like 500 bucks.
0: Well, that's exactly what you would expect like a 17-year-old to no! have, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ew, what did you wear when we were 17? <laughs> were your shirts only $200? <laughs> no,
1: I've never owned a $200 shirt. Neither have I. <laughs>
0: So Alan loved I had a designer. Lot of forty
1: dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Queen
0: of the forty dollars shirt. Yeah.
1: That's expensive. That is. That's like my expensive shirt. <laughs> it's like forty five.
0: <laughs> Alan loved designer shit. Yeah, he had a Gucci wallet. He had Louis Vuitton shoes, and you know he he made sure people knew about it. Yeah, subtlety was not his thing at all. So he and his sister Catherine were very different in that respect. She made the varsity volleyball team her freshman year, and she was all about just hanging out with friends. She was not flashy on social media. Mm -hmm. This American Greed episode, God bless them. They go and do a deep dive into Alan's Twitter account, his Instagram, and they start pulling up all this stuff. So, of course, what the hell was that? (laughs) It was my throat! I don't even know! Do you have a little man trapped (laughs) in there? (laughs) Oh, goodness! I did a creepy thing. You stalked him? His Twitter account is still (gasps) up. Obviously, he hasn't posted in a while. But it's still up there, and people go on there and they troll him. So, like,
1: one tweet from... You really went full brandy on this case. I couldn't
0: help myself. I (laughs) I was like, huh, they're pulling up his tweets. And so I, I had already Googled his name yeah. to try to find, find more articles about him. And mm-hmm. there's just not a ton out there. But you can find his Twitter account. Ooh. And um, one of the tweets that I came across was, how can you willingly eat ramen?
1: Okay, first of all, it's delicious. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Very easily, sir. Yes. <laughs> but so another one that he had. People who say money can't buy happiness have obviously never been on a jet ski. When they crash it, they crash it with a huge smile.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Also, you ready for another? Yeah. Money isn't everything. It's just the basis of our world. Hmm. I want a watch for Christmas and not a Walmart one.
1: Whoa. 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 Whoa.
0: Yeah. So I went through his tweets, obviously, and, like, they're mostly just someone trying to be funny and also with like a bit of douchebaggery just sprinkled well no more like mixed in
1: thoroughly heavily folded in (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) like a midwestern marshmallow salad that shit was folded in very nicely so people in town say that Alan is super materialistic and he's like at this point spending all kinds of money Mm -hmm. and as a result things start getting tense at home Two years before the murders, Alan tweeted, All I want for Christmas is a less psychotic family. Hashtag getting ridiculous. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. You on his side?
1: No! You should be. (laughs) No, I should not. (laughs) He clearly murdered his family.
0: About a month after he made that tweet, Tinker talked to him about his out-of-control spending. And he choked her. (gasps) Police were called. But Tinker, I mean, she did what I think probably any mom does. Mm -hmm. She was like, no, hey, we don't want to press charges. Of course, We've got this under control. We're all good. Yeah.
1: But where was he getting all of this money? That's what I want to know. How is he buying, like, Burberry shit is expensive, and it was the least expensive of the items on that list. Right. Like, you know, I love Burberry. (laughs) Yeah. I do know this. I have a Burberry purse that I bought secondhand because it's fucking expensive. <laughs> you gonna get that shirt? No. <laughs> First of all, I don't want to wear Burberry. Oh, like oh. I don't want to wear their design. Like I, I love their plaid, but I want it like you know, it's like on the strap on my purse, and like it's on the lining of the purse, and that's good for me. You're I don't more need of a, like a full suit of it. You're more subtle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-mm.
1: I'm secondhand subtle, too. (laughs) I'm not paying a full price for that thing. Because I like a bargain. (laughs) So,
0: the episode didn't get too much into this. But I imagine that John and Tinker did give Catherine and Alan some money. So, that explains some of it. But Alan obviously had stuff that was so over the top that they knew something was up. Because um, Alan did not have a job, obviously. Alan. Well... That's not really. That doesn't fit into the lifestyle.
1: Mm. You don't want to have to work for
0: it. Well, you don't want to have to show up at McDonald's in a Burberry top. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think it's called a top when a man wears <laughs> in a Burberry blouse. <laughs>
0: Do you have a guess as to how he could afford all this shit?
1: Um, he was pilfering money out of the trust.
0: Hmm, not a bad guess. Uh huh. You're close. Okay. But no
1: cigar. Okay.
0: It was coming from his grandma mm. who had dementia.
1: Oh shit.
0: Yeah. Oh Yeah, this is this is bad. Uh he would talk her into giving him money. He'd drive her to the ATM, she'd take out the cash, and he'd pocket
1: it. Oh gosh, that's disgusting. And it was a lot. Obviously. Obviously a lot.
0: Yeah. He even had her credit card. At one point.
1: mm
0: Yeah, horrible. But the thing is, taking this much money from someone and being this flashy with it is a hard thing to cover up. Yeah. You can't cover it up when you're trying to flaunt it everywhere. Yeah. Eventually, John and Tinker figured out what was going on, and they were furious. Yes!
1: I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? I don't even know. Well, I yeah. mean... I don't, I don't even know what you yeah. would do. No,
0: it's, it's one of those situations, I think, that is so hard. Yeah. But they took him down to the sheriff's office. Ooh. For, like, an amateur, like, scared straight yeah. thing. I think they were kind of, they didn't want to put him through the legal system. Yeah. Because he was so young. Mm-hmm. They were afraid they might, like, mess up his future somehow. Right. So this was their solution the people at the sheriff's office are totally playing along and they're like look man white collar crime leads to time time in prison and alan was like "Ooh, i'm so (laughs)
1: scared
0: shaking in my little space
1: boots
0: (laughs) i don't know really how hard john and tinker really were on him at this point because in the summer before his senior year of high school they gave him airline miles to go backpacking through Europe.
1: Hmm. The summer before his senior year? Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Uh, like, that's usually like a graduation present. Well, summer before my senior
0: year, I got to go to church camps. So. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> and I turned out great. Damn it.
1: You really did turn out great. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks.
0: <laughs> now let's talk about this guy who did not turn yeah. out great. Alan had a great time. He goes to London, goes to Paris, goes to Rome. But, you know, all his parents gave him were those shitty airline miles. Mm. And who wants to really backpack? backpack and who wants to Europe. stay at a
1: hostel and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, Europe can be expensive. Yeah. So how did Alan pay for everything he wanted to do in Europe?
1: Um, I don't know. His grandma's credit card?
0: No. No.
1: A stolen credit card? Nope. Okay,
0: he got a job. He created a budget.
1: No, he he saved his money.
0: (laughs) 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 No, of course, he forged his grandma's name on a credit card application, (laughs) and he used that to pay for his trip. (laughs) Awful. (laughs) But again, he did not get away with it. Yeah. Right before his senior year of high school begins, Tinker and John find out about this credit card, and once again, they are so angry but this time they were like, wow, okay. Maybe our precious little shithead needs to suffer some consequences.
1: Her precious little shithead. I went really hard, though, when it's your kid. You know, I told... So the two girls with no children. I know, we have children. no children, but I
0: I feel for them because I feel like this might be the approach I would take of, like, first time it happens, you, you want to go right up to the limit and hope you can just scare the shit out of the kid. And, yeah,
1: of course. You know,
0: Make him do a U-turn. Yeah. But then, they do the same shit on a grander scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, no. So this time, they turned him into the police. Good. And he got arrested for credit card fraud, which is a felony. Yeah. (laughs) They showed this footage of Alan. He's being questioned in a room that has a... I want you to picture this. Okay. You know, so not full-on wallpaper. Okay. We're talking about a wallpaper border. Border. And on that border, there are... Busts of Labrador dogs. Okay, so just oh, like just like from the chest, up. just from the chest up. You know, you got the black one, you got the yeah. brown one, you got the gold one, kind of looking off into oh, the distance, and okay. they're in like a country scene. So, yeah, that's the festive border uh-huh. that's going on behind him. <laughs> it's
1: so weird. Is he? Is this like a hunting lodge, or is this the police station? It's so
0: distracting <laughs> and so. <charming. laughs> So it's um, with these dogs looking on that Alan <laughs> explains, <laughs> <laughs> that Alan explains the whole thing. Yeah, his grandma authorized the first charge, and he got carried away. He took advantage. He meant to pay the whole thing off himself, but he got caught. Mm. He pled guilty, and went on probation.
1: Hmm. Probation, huh?
0: Yeah, he was very sorry so
1: just shut up about it mm-hmm. <laughs> very sorry so sorry he went on to murder his entire family
0: <gasps> did you read ahead
1: <laughs>
0: prosecutor Jason Hicks says that this was the incident that basically completely changed the dynamic in the Ruby home
1: basically completely Basically.
0: <laughs> can you tell I went off script <laughs> here's all the adverbs coming at you Basically, totally, definitely <laughs> completely <laughs> truly, madly, deeply. So John and Tinker, they were not messing around anymore. Yeah. They were alarmed by Alan's behavior and they were like, This is stopping now. We are cutting you off financially. Ooh. Boom. But I think they still paid for college. So, you know, small
1: boom. We're half cutting you off. <laughs> we still need you to get an education so you can get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah okay. I mean
0: makes sense. Alan finishes out his senior year of high school and goes off to the University of Oklahoma. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So now we're getting close to the time Mm -hmm. where John Tinker and Catherine are murdered. In the week leading up to their murders, John notices that a gun is missing from his truck. Yeah. He calls police to report it missing. And on the Thursday before they were all murdered a police officer showed up at his house to talk about the missing gun. The creepy thing, I mean, there's so many creepy things, but, like, you know, they had surveillance footage from that time, so you see him, like, the day before this happens, or actually the day of, and he's talking to this police officer about this missing gun. And John's like, look, it was in my truck, now it's not, I'm not sure when it went missing, it could have been taken while I was at home, could have been taken while it was I was at work. Kind of a mystery. Hmm. But during this conversation the officer said that John hinted to him that his son might have had something to do with it. He knew something was up. your, your head looks like
1: it's going to fall off. Are you okay? Okay, so the idea that this father knew something yeah. was possibly up with their kid and then ended up murdered by them. That's just so disturbing. Yeah. It really is. Because so you think about that. like what their thoughts must have been like when they were being killed. Yeah. Ugh.
0: But, you know, Alan was off at college and his Instagram proved it. He was posting. He had this picture posted of his college stadium. You know, talking about the view from his dorm. So, no, that doesn't
1: prove shit. Oh, it's it's a hundred percent. No, because you could take that picture anytime and post it from wherever. Are you a detective, madam? Yes, I am. (laughs) Well, welcome to the team. (laughs) Good work today. Wait, would you like me to talk about how much of a detective I am? Sure. I told you this story already. I don't know what the tattoo story. Oh. Oh, yes. Should I tell this?
0: Yeah, you might as well. Okay,
1: so... Throw in an allegedly, too. Oh, absolutely, I will. Okay. So, um... I've mentioned a couple times on here that I was recently getting tattooed, my piece is finished, whatever. So I went to and this... And it looks amazing, it, by It way. does look amazing. Um, I posted it in our Discord. That Tweety bird is <laughs> just... It just really brings out my eyes, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> right here on my cheek. Uh-huh. I went to this guy who I have followed on Instagram for years. Um, he's, he's so talented. He's so super talented. Um, he owns a private studio in Lawrence and he rents out part of his studio to this other artist. So... Last week, I was on Facebook, and the tattoo studio posted this long post about how this other tattoo artist is no longer affiliated with him, effective immediately, and we're sorry for any inconvenience. If you had appointments scheduled with him or deposits down with him, you will have to contact him about those. And they made it very clear, like, we don't have his deposits. He takes mm-hmm. those directly. He's a contract artist. And then they were like, we're very clear, like, to be clear, all ties are cut with him. Yeah. Um, and due to the nature of his departure, it may take some time for him to get back to you when you attempt to contact him about your appointments or deposits.
0: So pause right there. Yes. So that's what the post says. Yeah. And I'm sure you saw comments from other people who'd seen it. What What does a normal person do when they see it? A- so
1: I don't know what a normal person does, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> I um, immediately screenshot it and uh-huh. sent it to David. And I was like, holy shit, look at this. Because, first of all, this is a small studio. So this other artist has been there every time I was there getting a session done on my tattoo. And, like, it's just four people in there, whoever he's tattooing right? and him and then my tattoo artist and me. And so we all talked. So I've talked to this artist several times. So, I, so my immediate thoughts when I read it were, holy shit, this sounds like he got arrested. Mm-hmm. And for something bad... For this to be their immediate reaction. Right. If it
0: was like he got caught with some pot. Exactly. Y- yeah. It would be a very different ties. story. Yeah. Yes.
1: So. I put on my detective hat. Uh huh. And. Which is luckily always nearby. Always <laughs> nearby. Never more than an arm's reach away. Um. And I went to the Douglas County Sheriff's Department website. Because the tattoo parlor is located or the tattoo studio is located in douglas county kansas and so i had to fucking sign up for an account so i was really pissed about that (laughs) (laughs) but a few clicks later i was into the booking reports for the day before and there his name was he had been arrested and booked the day before on horrible charges he was charged with indecent liberties with a child, Mm -hmm. two counts of criminal sodomy against a minor older than 14 but younger than 16, and two counts of forcible rape. That is disgusting. Disgusting. So yeah, so my my reaction, my initial thoughts were correct, allegedly. I mean, he's only been charged, there's been no trial yet. But, so they have set no bond for him, which makes me think that that they have some Mm -hmm. very concrete evidence. I mean, I really commend the my tattoo artist for like taking steps to yes. immediately act upon this and like cut those cut those ties. ties. No kidding.
0: Yeah, there's no need to be yeah. hanging around that. Yeah. Ugh.
1: But so when you ask Kristen if I am a detective, the I answer know is you yes. Are.
0: <laughs> the number and of things. What? what
1: also I feel like you should take away from this is if you even re- if I even remotely know you, and I think you did something bad. I'm going to figure it
0: out. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> not just if you think they've done something bad. Yeah. You've looked up everyone you know, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so let's just be clear. <laughs> it's not like you're like, I don't know, this person gives me a bad vibe. You're like, I met a person. Well, let me see what the they've yeah. done. <laughs> I will find it. What's the most shocking thing you've ever found?
1: Um, A former employee of mine. Like, oh, uh, yeah. She... Um, When she worked for me, she was like this super mom. She had like uh, two boys who were very into baseball. She was like the team mom. They did like traveling tournaments, all of this stuff. Very put together, whatever. All of a sudden she's got these crazy posts on her Facebook page. And so I went and looked her up and she had all of these charges for, um, for her possession of meth. Oh. And then... um like, two days after that, a news story came out that she was involved in a situation where she, there was like alleged kidnapping. She took a made a friend of hers, like, take her to this house to go buy meth and then she it was like a setup. There was a guy inside, oh. and they held this her friend against his will. She yeah, she was arrested and charged with kidnapping and all oh kinds God. of stuff. Yeah, crazy. And I just would never have guessed that when I knew her.
0: Meth is terrifying.
1: Oh, meth is so fucking scary yeah Ugh. but yeah so that's definitely the craziest thing i've ever oh, I found it. that wins for sure for sure yeah lamest thing Ooh, i don't know hmm. really because like for me there's just like satisfaction in finding anything oh yeah so. yeah so you're
0: like a traffic ticket <laughs> huh? yeah. didn't have that seat mail on huh? <laughs> thought you could speed and get away with it not today so, you know, Alan is off at college. And yeah. even though you're super, you know, paranoid, Brandy. Yeah. So he has taken a picture no, from his dorm room well, at he's, some he's point. He's in his dorm room. And then he posted. He's looking out. No, because yes. there's there's
1: coding in Instagram. They're going to be able to go back and see that he was at the Ruby house when he posted that. Well,
0: I wish you could be more trusting. <laughs> <laughs> so on Thursday... October 9th, 2014. Mm -hmm. There's surveillance footage of Allen and some buddies checking into the Ritz-Carlton in Dallas. Mm. Because why not, Ritz-Carlton? They were going to watch the OU versus Texas game at the Cotton Bowl, which is a whole bunch of words I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) Can you name their mascots? Texas? Just... Well, what, what college in Texas are we talking
1: about? We're talking about the, the University of Texas. Longhorns. Longhorns, good yes! job! Oh, okay. oh. What about the University of Oklahoma? Sooners? Yes! Oh, Whoa! oh holy shit! Try not to die. <laughs> and what is a football? <laughs> I know this from Charlie Brown.
0: <laughs> so they stayed there. They had a great time. They partied. They checked out on Sunday, October 12th. Again,
1: surveillance footage. Mm-hmm. He was there. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. There's a the footage. What more do you okay, want? Okay, so there's footage of him on the 9th and the 12th, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's days
0: in between there. There sure are. 10th and 11th. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everything was really normal. Mm-hmm. His friends all said so. Yeah.
1: Because he paid them to say it.
0: Wow. As we Did all, he buy his alibi? Just hang on oh, okay. tight, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry you can't look this up right now. <laughs> so, as we already know, the housekeeper discovered the bodies on Monday, October 13th. Mm. Well,
1: what the, that surveillance doesn't mean shit,
0: then. It means something. He leaves on the 12th. means he was, you know, off in Texas for a while as this was all going down. Anyway, wow! For our listeners out there, that was the eye roll to end all eye rolls from Brandy.
1: Uh, let me just pause and say, I love this case. By the
0: way, <laughs> I'm so glad. I find it
1: horrifying. I, I knew you'd be into it. So police... you looked like Will Forte when you said that. Oh just- no!
0: no <laughs> did I did. It, did. I know what you mean, though. Yes. He does that like... Mm.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> because I'm so manly. No. <laughs> so, okay, at movie night this yes. week, we watched MacGruber. Yeah. I gotta say, okay, well, obviously, very stupid Stupidest movie. Stupidest movie ever, but hilarious. Oh, yeah, we did laugh. Yeah. Um, the opening scene where he's, like, where he's off, like, in his little white robe uh-huh. and stuff. He looked really hot. I was like, oh Will Forte's gosh. hot. Oh my gosh,
1: I don't think so. No,
0: Will Forte was hot there. Yeah, Was he? Yes, he I had, was like, shocked. He this long hair and like a braid. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were so uptight, because <laughs> I've got a big tattoo. <laughs> I don't like long hair. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend is bald. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way, uh uh-huh, 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 I, I like, like it. it. <laughs> so we already know Housekeeper... You know, discovers the bodies on Monday. Police rush to the scene. Yeah. The bodies
1: had obviously been there for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: mm, sometime.
1: Sometime. Maybe they were murdered on the 10th, where there's no surveillance video of him being in Dallas. Hmm. 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 Hmm.
0: So they're all kind of suspicious because they knew Alan was a shithead. I mean, it's a small enough town. Yeah. They know what's up. And then, you know, after they'd been there for about three hours... Alan shows up oh gosh uh huh
1: and what's he say not a whole lot oh my gosh what,
0: what would you say so you you're coming in you have no reason to be there yeah. it's a Monday you're supposed to be off at college at college yeah you're at your your childhood home uh-huh. there's police tape surrounding uh-huh. it let's just say you're totally innocent what do you do
1: I have no idea. What do you think you do?
0: Okay, if I pulled up to my parents' house and there was police You would tape, freak the fuck out! I would freak out. And what I honestly think I would do, I would duck under the police tape and run in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, as I learned from American Greed today, that's kind of the normal thing. Yeah. If you're part of the family... You duck under the police tape yeah. and you go and you're like to the like, This fuck is, is my house. Yes. yes. This is my family. I want to know what happened. Yes.
1: Alan not did what not. Alan, did. Alan
0: stood politely outside the tape.
1: Oh. Okay. Because Alan already knew what it looked like inside there.
0: No, maybe Alan was busy posting to Instagram, okay? Nope. Hmm. So police immediately are like, oh boy. Because Alan wasn't crying. He wasn't asking why they were there. What happened? Wasn't asking anything. Mm. Because Alan already knew. Yeah, well, okay. (laughs) So they're like, why don't you come on back to the station? We've got bad news. We'd like to deliver it to you on (laughs) videotape in an interrogation room. This time he was not in the room with the dog, but. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Sorry. So the investigator walks in, asks Alan to put his phone away, sits down, and here's how the conversation goes. And, you know, dude's got the accent. Are you going to do it? Of course I am. Yes! (laughs) It's
1: been a long time since you've done a voice on here.
0: Uh, There's three people there in that house that are deceased. Your mom, your sister. And then at this point, Alan goes, oh... So he's wearing a baseball hat. So Uh that's already kind of down on his head. So he's like, oh, kind of a delayed reaction. We get through the mom. Now we're to the sister. He puts his fist to his eyes and he looks down. So you're really only seeing the top of his head. And he goes, no. (laughs) And the officer goes, and your dad. And Alan... No, like these massive oh sniffs, like God. like cocaine <laughs> sniffs, cocaine like sniffs. way over the top. So he's all sniffy McSniffs, uh-huh. but the officer keeps pressing. He talks about the gun that was stolen from mm-hmm. his dad's truck, and he asks, "Would you want anyone to do this to your family?" Alan says, "No." Mm-hmm. Are you a cold-blooded killer? No meanwhile police are searching his jeep they're in his dorm room they find all kinds of shit they find stolen checks yeah, obviously obviously they find a bathrobe from the ritz carlton which oh. you are not allowed to take out of stealing yeah but no gun hmm. so they're like mm. well that kind of sucks we were hoping yeah. to just have this all wrapped but up by no. dinner yeah. time <laughs> so police don't really have a ton on him other than just like this looks suspicious as hell yeah So they did the only thing they could think to do. Alan had been on probation for that credit card fraud. He was not supposed to cross state lines. Mm. And yet, he had been in Texas that weekend. Yes. So they're like, okay, we're keeping you overnight. Yeah. Now, we got a new videotape. He's in an orange jumpsuit this time. Not designer, not fitted, not his color. Tragic.
1: Yes. I'm sure he was very upset about it.
0: And he agrees to take a polygraph test, (gasps) which Hmm. people, okay,
1: are people, yeah, Yeah.
0: first of all, this, this kid's got a fucking trust fund. I mean, I would think it's just my own prejudice. I assume all trust fund kids have like learned that you ask for the lawyer. I, I don't understand this at all.
1: No, I don't either.
0: But anyway, so he's like, sure. Polygraph. Yeah. Polygraph it up. So the officer, you know, like they administer the test and the officer comes back and he's, you know, he's got his disappointed face on. He's like, you failed the test. Which, again, people don't watch enough true crime stuff because otherwise they would know polygraphs are not admissible. Yeah. Polygraphs are bullshit. Yeah. They've been
1: widely disproven. So he's being a big old dum-dum about this polygraph test and they tell him you failed. You You failed. Yeah.
0: And the officer does the classic. Oh, this is, you know, this is a big deal that you failed this thing. I'm going to give you one opportunity.
1: Tell us what really happened inside that house. That's right. (laughs) That is right, damn it. And where's the gun?
0: Yeah, so it's all like, look, look, buddy, you got one opportunity to make this right. You tell me the version right here, right now. And I'll do my best to help Uh you out. That's exactly (laughs) it. We could be police officers. (laughs) They'd be like, are they trying to trick us into thinking they're southern old men? <laughs> this ain't about me, son. <laughs> so, you know, they do some editing in American Greed. Yeah. I don't know what the exact timeline is, but eventually Alan starts talking. Mm-hmm. Here's what he says Are you ready?
1: Yes. For the truth. Yeah, this is not the truth. Oh, Brandy. I'm ready for his bullshit. Yes.
0: <gasps> You've got one opportunity <laughs> to listen to me. <laughs> it was a loan shark. A loan shark did this whole thing, Brandy. No. Yes, yes, yes. No. Alan owed him money. Lone shark gets angry. No. Classic tale. Lone shark kills the whole family. And, you know, Revenge. Is it not Alan? <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to teach Alan a lesson?
1: Than to kill whole Yes. <laughs> that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> okay, well that's what the officer said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here's the exact quote from the officer there ain't a loan shark in this world that will come after your family and not take money when he does it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's
0: like, no, that's not a loan shark's deal. They're not out at, out to, like, murder people for the fun of it. Right. They want money. Money, yeah. Finally, Alan says, I did it. <gasps> he spells the whole story. It's horrible. Um, he killed his mom first. While his sister was outside washing her car. When his sister came inside the house, he shot her too. Then he sat in the house with his dead mother and sister for an hour waiting for his dad to come home from work. Oh my gosh. His dad walks in. Alan shot him too. Oh. He confessed that he was the one who stole his father's gun and that when he came home to steal the gun, he also stole his mom's credit card. Mm -hmm. That's how he could afford to stay at the Ritz-Carlton. Obviously, obviously. He admitted that the Instagram post that he made on Thursday night about being at college and looking out his dorm room window... Fake. Yeah. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) If only I would have called that! (laughs) Wow, Brady, you're a genius!
0: (laughs) In other words... He murdered his entire family using his dad's gun. And after doing all that, he drove to the Ritz Carlton to party with his friends all weekend. And this, to me, is like, I mean, it's hard to pick the weirdest part, but his friends were like, yeah, everything was fun. It was normal. What
1: the fuck? Oh, my gosh. So his friends didn't know. No,
0: his friends truly had no Holy idea. Holy
1: shit. Right?
0: Huh? <sighs> Eventually, police found out where Alan stashed the gun. Where was it? Do you have a guess? No. Okay. So they found the gun, and they found the missing surveillance footage. Because obviously, you know, he was smart enough to take that out. It was in a storage facility, rented out under his grandma's name. Of course it was. Yeah. (sighs) Police were not letting Alan go. A judge was like, okay, you know what? You're no longer on probation. You're just in prison now. Yeah. You're, you're here for the credit card stuff. You can just sit here until your trial comes along. Yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. So the prosecution had an easy case. Confession. They had the murder weapon. They had the motive. The, the prosecutor was certain this was all about money. He thought, I'm going to wipe out my entire family, and all of the money yeah, will come, will to, come me. to me. And, you know, it was a substantial sum. Yeah. The prosecution wanted the death penalty. Wow. And, interestingly, Allen wanted it, too. Yeah. Okay, so... I might read you this whole letter. I I will withhold my thoughts... Okay.
1: Am I required to withhold my thoughts? No, you okay. go balls to the walls with your thoughts.
0: <laughs> so, this reporter reached out to Alan while he was in prison, and of course, Alan's attorney had been like, "Hey, don't talk to don't talk to reporters." And Alan yeah. was like, "Sure, whatever." Okay. So, <laughs> don't talk to reporters. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid lawyer. I bet he thinks I shouldn't have confessed uh, to police yeah. either. Okay, so he wrote. This letter and i'm sorry it's handwritten and he has like very bubble letter handwriting that i excellent i'm having trouble oh god thank you for reaching out for a comment there are a few things i don't want to comment on at this point in time but i will answer some of it i 100 percent welcome the death penalty what occurred is so horrible it is deserved it is unspeakable this has been by far the hardest thing I have ever done. The tears have all been real. I lost my entire family at once. How you could murdered th- your entire family at once! This Thank is the you. hardest
1: thing I've ever done? Thank
0: you. Okay, I got to that paragraph and was like, okay, first of all... So Fuck like, right off, Alan! Yeah, yeah. What occurred is so horrible, yeah. it is deserved. What, what, what occurred?! what you did get your passive voice the fuck out of yeah. here yeah i did it yes yes what i did what was so I horrible did. yes it is unspeakable yeah not what happened yeah well i had no rule in this at all except yeah. for i did the whole thing the i'm of events <laughs> yes. yeah i lost my entire family at once how could that n- they not be real Not taking a shot at you. It's just hard to hear that somehow I am faking all of this. So the reporter must have asked him. Yeah. This didn't happen because of shopping. My shopping wasn't something I or my parents could not pay. They just thought my spending was out of control. And it was. To answer most of the rest, I didn't feel like myself that day. This was not...
1: I didn't feel like myself that day. I just had kind of an off day, and oh, so I just killed my killed whole my family. family. Yeah, mm. you ever have one of those days? You ever had like one of those days <laughs> where you're feeling kind of fat, feeling kind
0: of I, I don't know, and then you just kill everybody? Oh my gosh! Yep. This was not something that seemed like a conceivable option. Why? I'm still trying to work it out, trying to figure all of this out. You're right, Mitch. Could be fuming if. I'm assuming Mitch is the attorney, Yeah, would be fuming if he knew I replied. That will be a fun meeting. He has been harping about me writing to family and friends. Thanks for the option, Alan. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. So people are like, oh, he took some responsibility. No, really no he didn't. No, not he really. He really didn't. Not
1: really. As the trial got closer, what? I think it's a strategy. What's the strategy? Welcoming the death penalty. Jury's less likely to give it to you if it's what you're asking for.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. As his trial got closer, Allen's relatives spoke out. They didn't want the death penalty. Mm -hmm. They begged the prosecutor not to pursue it. Mm -hmm. This is one of those classic things we always talk about where, like, a prosecutor wants it, the family doesn't. Doesn't, yeah. And... Yeah. I don't see how you can't ignore the wishes of the family. Yeah. I, that how I, you can ignore yeah. the wishes
1: yeah. of the family.
0: I ignore all the wishes. That's right. <laughs> I don't see how you can't not do it. Not, not, <laughs> not. So the prosecution starts talking to Alan's defense team, and they're like, look, we are more than happy to go to trial and try to get the death penalty, and P.S., we think we're going to get it. Yeah. But the defense was like, could we not, though? Yeah. Could we strike a plea deal? Yeah. So they start talking it through, and they develop this deal. Alan would plead guilty. He'd get three life sentences, no parole. But if he agreed to this deal, he could never appeal, and he wouldn't be able to have any contact with the media or with members of his family. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they wanted. They wow. wanted to. They just wanted. To they cut, didn't like cut. Him they off didn't completely. want him dead. They just wanted for him to never be able to contact them.
1: Wow.
0: Also, he can't profit from the murders. Mm-hmm. No books. No movies. No yeah. none of that. Allen took the deal. At his sentencing in March of 2016, he formally pled guilty and detailed his crimes, but he didn't apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he sounds like a sociopath. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, so it doesn't I mean, surprise it, me
1: at all that he didn't apologize.
0: This is the most cold-blooded... Yeah. I I, oh, I as to say I've ever covered. That can't be possibly be true. But this was shocking to me how yeah. cold this was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alan's grandpa and Tinker's dad spoke. He said, My only comment to the boy is... May God have mercy on your soul. Wow. Yeah. (gasps) I know. John's sister is Allison Ruby Whitaker, and she had no interest in attending this sentencing, Mm -hmm. but she did send in a statement, which the prosecutor read on her behalf. Here's what some of it said. Mm -hmm. I have known the killer since he was born and spent many holidays and vacation time as family over the years. The killer was part of our family, but no more. He has destroyed that family by his evil and insidious acts. If there were ever a definition of evil, it would be the killer who took our family. I want him never to hurt another soul or to ever see him again.
1: Wow. That gave me goosebumps.
0: I think there's something so powerful when someone says
1: the The killer killer. instead of Alan. Alan, yeah.
0: Oh, and to say I was there when he was born Mm -hmm. Oh, so this whole thing made a lot of people angry especially when he got up there did his little guilty plea and did not apologize he said what he did but did not express remorse a lot of people thought he should have gotten the death penalty this plea deal was very upsetting to them Mm -hmm. but district attorney Jason Hicks said that it all came down to what the family wanted he said, I have championed victims' rights since I was sworn into office a little over five years ago and I'm not going to allow my opinion and my feelings to stand in the way and put a family through something like that when that is not what they want. That's fair. Yeah, I totally, well, and yeah. I'm I'm anti-death penalty, yeah. so I mean, I don't count. But yeah. I, I agree with him. Yeah, I do too. So, I'm tempted to say that's where this story ends, but then I found another article in the Duncan Banner that Came out just a few months after this sentencing, Mm -hmm. and it said that he was going back to court because he needed to pay back like eighty-five thousand dollars that he stole from his grandmother. I couldn't find any follow-up on that, but obviously, that's not
1: going to be paid back anytime soon. Yeah, or ever. A lot lot of time at what fourteen cents a day at his prison job.
0: Yeah, and that's the story of a cold-blooded shopaholic. Whew,
1: that was nuts.
0: That was all for you. Thank you. Brandy. <laughs> I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, that was so not a Kristen case.
0: No, it was so... I I could not get over, like, oh, I was trying to see the humanity in this guy, and, like, yeah. what was wrong with him? Yeah. Whew. Whew. Oh, so the thing I held back on. So he made that post about, like, I don't understand how people can eat ramen. Yeah. And so, of course, I had to click on the... Replies and mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of replies, yeah. But a few of them were like, I bet you like ramen pretty good now that yeah, you're in prison, in prison. Yeah. That's shit. huh? Whew. Yeah, okay, now I can really start in on my whiskey.
1: Yeah, oh, we haven't even mentioned this is an after dark episode, yeah. We're not that wild today, we really not. Well,
0: you know why it is because my house is a hellhole right now. I mean, now. the
1: the fridge is right next to us. Yeah, I'm the afraid fridge, the mics are gonna pick up the sound of I, the fridge running. I am
0: very afraid of that too. <laughs> so let's let's recap. Yeah. How many toilets are in this house right now? Zero. Zero
1: toilets. Zero toilets yeah. currently. Uh-huh. Fridge in the dining room right next to where we're recording. Yep. Tables everywhere. Paint
0: buckets. Yeah. Last week when we recorded <laughs> when we weren't done, you finished your diet coke and you said <laughs> So should I just drop this onto the floor or what? (laughs) Because my house looked like a trash heap. It's just
1: funny to me because like this is so not you. You hate this. I do hate this. Kristen, this is what has to happen for this house to get ready for sale. Uh,
0: Would you like to hear why I felt like a monster the other day? So the other day we had guys working on um, some drywall Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. And at one point, one of them asked Norm if he could use our restroom. And you had to be like, sorry, no, there's no toilet in there. And, okay, so Norman was like, sorry, I'm sorry you can't. And the guy was like, oh, okay. And Norman was like, uh, just just to be clear, like, we literally don't have a bathroom right now. Because <laughs> yeah. it's ba-. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> because uh, I remember one time, like a long, like a couple of years ago, we had electricians at the house. Uh-huh. And one of them asked if they could have some water. Yeah. Like, put some water in their water bottle. Yeah. And Norman was like, yeah, you don't have to ask. Right, I mean, you Just yeah. go right ahead. Just get some water. And the guy was like, you know, actually, I do have to ask because I got in trouble a while ago because I filled up my water bottle at a customer's house and they got angry.
1: Can you <laughs> imagine? It?
0: So then my fear was like, okay, we'll have somebody here. We won't let them use the bathroom and they'll think it's like some weird thing. Yeah. No, we literally don't have a toilet. Huh. It's a beautiful life.
1: <laughs> uh, oh. It's coming <laughs> along great. Thank you. You I feel like you're just saying I'm that. not. Like the freaking Yeah, things are coming. Along. Things are coming along. See, this is, you're in like the, ugh, you're in the weeds right now. I Nothing am. is finished. There's 80 projects going on. And then all of a sudden it's just going to come together. That was the noise of it. I can't wait for it to
0: <laughs> come together.
1: Soon. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so excited. First of all, shout out to Caitlin, mm-hmm. who recommended this in our Discord. We already mentioned that earlier. But, um, like, literally just a couple days ago and i was like have to do this case okay i actually tagged you did you
0: ask her how to pronounce caitlin
1: i did not <laughs> it's probably not pronounced caitlin at all and
0: <laughs>
1: um it's
0: pronounced alan <laughs> i
1: did <laughs> um i i actually tagged you and called dibs on this case when she okay. and you know what i saw that and then i
0: didn't want to look it yeah it was like excellent mm, out of my
1: mind at 3300 oh, London Road, oh, oh, hold, hold, Duluth, hold, Minnesota. Hold the
0: fucking phone. Okay, 3300 Duluth Road? London Road, Okay,
1: <laughs> Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, that
0: pops right up, doesn't it? Sure does. Something really bad must have happened You'll here. find
1: the Glensheen Mansion. Oh. Built in 1905 by Chester Adgate Congdon... Who made his millions in mining, in addition to being a lawyer? <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: um, when you Google Maps this, yeah, there's like these big banners that say
1: "tour a mansion." Oh, so just do like search the address and then just do an image search. Okay. Senior
0: discount. Senior discount. <laughs> Y'all ever seen a mansion before? <laughs> Oh, wow.
1: It's beautiful.
0: It's insane. I love a big brick house. It's beautiful.
1: It's gorgeous. So it was built in 1905. It Actually, like between 1905 and 1908, it took three years to complete. So by Chester Adgate Congdon, he made his millions in mining. And then he was also a lawyer. I Um, would
0: love to take a tour of this.
1: Oh, me too. I've seen pictures of the inside. It is gorgeous. So the 39 room... 20,000-square-foot mansion, (gasps) took three years to complete, and boasted state-of-the-art technology, including a toilet, hot water, (laughs) electricity, and irrigated grounds. So it had some, like, primitive sprinkler system. Damn. It cost a staggering $854,000, which, adjusted Mm -hmm. for inflation is almost 25 million dollars whoa yeah shit ton of money
0: slightly outside our budget yes
1: just slightly
0: but we'll pool them (laughs) and and we add in the patreon money and and boom we're there (laughs) there. easy
1: so the home is now owned by the university of minnesota duluth um, which operates it as a museum yes giving guided tours daily Tour goers can see the more than 100 year old opulence as many of the original furnishings and finishes on the mansion are still in place. So much of the furniture that they, they moved into the home in 1908 is still in the home and exactly where it was. That is incredible. And then there's all of these like amazing like gold leafed wallpapers and stuff like that that are still all intact.
0: How many Labrador borders do you have? I don't
1: know. Damn it. <laughs> I want to go here so bad. I do too. <laughs> But what they won't talk about on those tours? Oh come on! Though someone always asks, mm. are the murders, or, according to some, me, <laughs> the murder mystery? Ooh. Ooh!
0: So you think they didn't catch the right person? I don't know. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I Old guess timey. We'll find out. Oh my god! Continue.
1: It's not as old-timey as you think. Oh, damn it. Our mystery begins just before 7 a.m. on June 27th,
0: 1977.
1: Oh. When Nurse Mildred Garview arrived at the Glensheen Mansion to start her day shift caring for elderly heiress Elizabeth Congdon. Um, So Elizabeth is like the last surviving Child at oh. my grandchild she would be Reptile. way too <laughs> um. i feel like she would be way too old to or he would be way too old for that to be his daughter
0: well some dudes they just keep on uh, side note on. chester's
1: birth date uh-huh june 12th 1853
0: oh my god what is with june 12th
1: i know right you norman chester
0: And half the population of the world. So
1: Elizabeth Congdon was his daughter. She was born in 1894. Okay, so it's 1977. She's in her 80s. And she needs round-the-clock care. She had suffered a stroke, I believe it was. And Mm -hmm. so this nurse, Mildred Garvey, shows up to the house and is surprised to find the front door unlocked. Very out of character. So she went in. And then like across the foyer, up on like the landing of the staircase, she saw Velma Pytella? Pitella? P I E T I L A. Pietella? <laughs> I'm sorry. Velma. Who had been Elizabeth's night nurse. Yes. I thought Elizabeth. her name was Mildred. Mildred is the morning nurse. Oh, I'm sorry. Elizabeth is the patient.
0: God There are some old lady names in this, and I cannot keep them straight. So
1: Velma is 67 years old, and she had actually retired a month earlier, but the new night nurse was out, and so she was subbing in because she had done it for a really long time or whatever. Yeah, So she's kind of, like, draped on, like, a, a... I'm thinking, I think it's like a window bench, like up on this landing. And so. What do you mean draped? Like. Laying on it. Okay. And so initially Velma thinks that, or I'm sorry, Mildred. (laughs) There are too many old lady names. (laughs) So initially Mildred. Are we going to get a Florence in here? The day nurse thinks that Velma, the night nurse, has fallen asleep on this bench. Right. Okay. And so she walks up there to wake her and as she gets closer there is blood everywhere. everywhere it is very clear that fuck there's too many names oh no it's very clear that Velma is dead yeah um, it turns out that Velma had been beat with a very heavy brass candlestick oh no um, well,
0: what are they in, fucking Clue? Right? That's crazy.
1: So, alarmed, obviously, yeah. by this, the nurse runs through the house and goes to Elizabeth's bedroom. She's on the second floor. And there she found Elizabeth in bed with a satin pillow over her face. Elizabeth was 83 years old and had been smothered to death.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yes, There were no witnesses. There had been a maid and a cook at the home, Mm -hmm. um, presumably at the time of the murder. But they lived in the servants' quarters, so they weren't anywhere near where the murder took place. And this is such a
0: massive house that two people could be murdered in it, and you would not know. Exactly. That's incredible.
1: So... This nurse calls the police, obviously, and they show up to the scene. And pretty quickly, they zero in on a suspect, Mm -hmm. Elizabeth's daughter, adopted daughter, Marjorie Caldwell, who was 44 years old, three years prior to this. Elizabeth had suddenly become very ill and had required hospitalization after eating a marmalade sandwich. Ew!
0: What the fuck is Marjorie that? Marjorie
1: had. Made. It's just like fancy jam.
0: But a sandwich out of it? You don't. You just toast that, right? You do the little toast and you put the. All right, so you put two pieces of toast together with the marmalade and you got a sandwich. Okay, am I the only one who thinks that's weird? No, I'd fucking eat that. Okay, but. I feel very strongly that the bread should be separated. You can only eat it open face. I know. I know that sounds weird. That is weird. Why does it matter? I'm sorry. It's like the shredded cheese on nachos. I can't (laughs) handle it. And I just feel like you have the two pieces of toast separately.
1: Yeah. Jellied. Okay. Never marmaladed. two shall meet. Marmaladed. So, okay, fine. She ate two face pieces of toast (laughs) with marmalade on them. Anyway... Um, she became very ill, was rushed to the hospital and had like an enormous amount of tranquilizers in her system that there was no explanation for. And suddenly the remains of the sandwich and the rest of the marmalade were nowhere to be found. Weird. weird. Yeah. So they were, everybody was pretty sure at that time that Marjorie had attempted to murder her mother. Of course. Um, but there was no way to prove it. And so, very quickly, police are like, well, Marjorie's in on this somehow. She's somehow involved. And so, it must be her husband, Roger, um, who's, he's like 43. So, the Caldwells um, had only been married like a year at this point, Marjorie and Roger. And they were deep in debt. They were living well beyond their means because they imagined any day that Elizabeth would die and they would Marjorie would get her inheritance.
0: So they're just spending yeah. in preparation.
1: Yeah. Cuz Marjorie stood to inherit about 8.2 million dollars mm. upon Elizabeth's death. They're like they were so far in debt that their home, their furniture, their vehicles had all been repossessed and they were living like in a motel in Golden, Colorado. Wow. Yeah. Really bad, something like a month before Elizabeth's death, Roger had actually so Roger is Marjorie's husband, right He had traveled to Duluth to meet with the trustees that oversaw the eight point two million dollar um estate to ask them for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so that they could buy a horse ranch, and the trustees turned him down, yeah because they had already pilfered a bunch of money like over the past 10 years they had um marjorie had gone through like 2 million dollars.
0: Oh, come on. Yeah.
1: And so Roger was like, "Oh, I'll I'll go pitch it to them." And he even brought like this crazy letter from a doctor saying that um they needed to live on a ranch that it was um imperative for the health of Marjorie's youngest son. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the trustees turned them down and said no. And then he contacted them again 10 days before Elizabeth's death, asking this time for $250,000 to hire attorney F. Lee Bailey. Oh, yes. Um, For some criminal charges that were stemming from some credit card fraud and all kinds of stuff. Marjorie had a long history of, like, bad checks and credit card fraud and all kinds of stuff. And I think, like, at a pretty young age, she had actually been, like, officially diagnosed as a sociopath. I don't know much about, like, her biological background. Right. But, man, Alan and Marjorie. Pretty similar. Yeah. 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 So... Marjorie had been sued several times. Roger also had been bouncing checks and fraudulently using credit cards. They were in all kinds of fucking trouble. Right. And then all of a sudden,
0: Elizabeth is dead. How convenient. Who done it? I think I have a guess. You do? Yeah, I do. Marjorie and her dipshit husband.
1: Oh. Let's see, shall we?
0: I don't think we even have to. And I don't see
1: why you're saying this is a mystery. Hmm. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So back at the scene, investigators are kind of looking into it. And it seemed that an intruder had broken a basement window. And that's how they had gained entry into the home um, the night of the killings. They had gone up the main staircase and had encountered the night nurse somewhere Somewhere between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. There was, like, pantyhose wrapped around one of her wrists. And so it looked like maybe the whoever had done this, the intruder, had attempted to tie her up. Oh. That it had never been the plan to kill her. And that she had fought back. Because they, the candlestick that she was murdered with was, like, nearby. Right there. Yes. Okay. And so she... Had fought back and then was beat to death. Like, like they kind of like, I think it was like 23 hits with this candlestick oh, to this poor woman. And then this, the, whoever this, the mystery murderer mm-hmm. um, had then cleaned up in the nurse's room, which was across the hall from Elizabeth's room. So there was blood everywhere in there. It was very clear that that's where they'd gone to kind of clean up the mess. And then. What do you mean clean up the mess? Like the mess on themselves? On themselves, okay, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah um because then that's when they made entry into Elizabeth's room. So Elizabeth was smothered to death to, smothered to death with that satin pillow and then a few items were taken from her room. There was like a small wicker suitcase that was missing and then jewelry including jewelry that she always wore. There was this I think it was like a diamond and sapphire ring that she always wore. Mm-hmm. You know how, you know those
0: I'm the same way with my jewels.
1: That's <laughs> like old women with their jewels. Yes. Like yeah. So she always wore this like diamond encrusted ring. Yes. And it was missing from her finger, as well as some other a a watch um and some other jewelry from her room. The intruder then left through the front door, leaving it unlocked, and then drove to the Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport. How how do we know that? Because The nurse's car was left at the airport. Oh. Yes. As I mentioned, there was a maid and a cook at the house in the servants' quarters. Right. And they said that they hadn't heard anything, but the cook had a dog and her dog began barking about 2.50 a.m. and remained agitated for a couple of hours. Oh, my God. That's,
0: oh, that's Mm -hmm. so upsetting.
1: And... The nurse who had been murdered, mm-hmm. her wristwatch stopped at exactly 2.40 a.m. So they believe that was possibly the time of the murder. Oh my God. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> so, as I mentioned, they put this together that he'd let the intruder, he, I say he, we don't really know at this yeah. point. Maybe it's Roger. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Marjorie. Of we don't know. It is. We don't know, Kristen. We
0: kind of do, though.
1: We do not. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So as I mentioned, um, the intruder had exited through the front door, left the front door unlocked, gotten in the nurse's car and driven to the airport. Um, They left the car at the airport. And sometime in the early morning hours of the next day, car keys to the nurse's car were found dumped in a trash can. At the airport, Mm -hmm. along with a parking lot ticket stamped at 635 a.m.
0: Okay. That's helpful.
1: Yeah. And then the police were able. So the keys and the ticket were found first and then they were able to locate the car in Mm -hmm. like a short term parking lot. So that all takes place. Meanwhile, Marjorie is back in Golden, Colorado. She's seen coming and going several times from the motel room that they're living in. Lots of people see her. She was looking at real estate and doing all kinds of just her normal activities. Seems like she's being seen a whole lot. Uh-huh. You know okay. who wasn't being seen? Her husband. hmm And people asked about it because they were always seen together. And she always had some different excuse for why he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He was off doing this. He was in their motel room. He was in town. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. He was there, according to her, but no one saw him.
0: You know how you know for sure this crime was committed by a man? How? The murderer tried to bind that woman with pantyhose, mm-hmm. and I feel like women know that stuff's too stretchy. Oh, yeah. I don't think men know how stretchy, stretchy it is. those
1: suckers are. Boom. Case closed. Case closed. It's Roger.
0: All right. Sorry. I guess you can stop now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the day after the murders, um, Roger is back in Colorado suddenly. He's been there the whole time.
0: Right. Don't you worry. He's
1: been in the motel But now he's out in public, Uh only he is very agitated, Hmm. very disheveled, Hmm. bunch of cuts on his face. And a really? big old swollen hand. Well, okay. First of all, on the day of the murder, like Marjorie is told about the murder and she goes about continuing to look at real estate. Like she's. Uh huh. Not upset about it at all. Well, now she can afford the real exactly. estate. Exactly. So, day after the murders, Roger is seen in Colorado, though he's been there the whole time. Uh-huh, sure. Disheveled, very agitated looking, cuts on his face, very swollen hand, and he's at a bank in Golden. Like, that's one of the first places he's seen opening a safety deposit box. Yeah, for the ring. Hmm. The ring? What ring? Shut it. <laughs> so... The police, like, have started tracking their activity yeah, at this point. Yeah, for and sure. And so they get a search warrant, and they go check out that safety deposit box, and they find in it a a notarized letter that was signed by his wife, Marjorie. She signed it three days before the murders, and it gave Roger Caldwell a $2.5 million cut of her inheritance upon the death of her mother. Hmm. Yeah. So this is like a huge red flag, like light, like yeah. flashing lights go off. Prosecutors said um, that this was the closest thing to a murder contract that they had ever seen. Well, Yeah. Yeah. So this, like, and it, like, spelled out, like, no matter what happens with our marriage, anything, this $2.5 million, it is yours to keep. Yeah. Bullshit. Why the hell would you say, no matter what happens to our marriage,
0: you get I don't know exactly
1: what it said, but it said it was, like, it laid it out, like, irrevocably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If we divorce, if something happens, you still get 2.5? Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. No one makes that deal. Right.
0: Unless he's done you the massive favor... Of of murdering murdering your your mother Yeah. Yes.
1: And giving you an $8 million inheritance. Yeah,
0: this is ridiculous. It's
1: a mystery, Kristen. It's really not. (laughs) Um, I do have to say that the majority of this information came from this really great article that I may have just accidentally closed. No, I did not. Um, In the Duluth News Tribune by Candace Reynolds. 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 I don't know. Thanks, Candy. Yes.
0: Should we talk about how we just ate a Butterfinger?
1: Mm. Mmm. It was delicious. We shared one Butterfinger so that Norm could have a candy bar. So Kristen was like, hey, we've got candy bars. Would you like one? And I was like, yeah, I'll have a candy bar. And then she pulled out the box and there's only two candy bars left. And she's like, one for each of us. And I was like, no, because then Norm doesn't get one. And so I was like, you have a candy bar and then you save one for Norm. And Kristen split hers in half and gave it to me.
0: I really feel like Brandy should have just eaten a candy bar. Damn it. And, you know, Norm would have lived. But you're too nice.
1: Well. What? I told you, it comes from me feeling bad the other day. Because the other day when we recorded, oh, yeah. we took a break to walk to Starbucks to use their toilet. Because you, yes. as you mentioned, there's no toilet in this house. And then we each got a drink and we got nothing for Norm. And I felt really bad about that.
0: You're such a sweet person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As we got back and we're like slurping on yeah. our, on our yeah. Starbucks. And he was like. And I was like. Oh, oh Norm, I'm sorry. I didn't even think to ask you if you wanted anything. Probably should have been your wife who would have thought of that, too. Oh, wow. So- <laughs> you know what? He was talking to the drywall <laughs> guy. <laughs> no, that was rude. It was. And so anyway. So please uncover This. This. Contract yeah. In this yeah. safety deposit box. And they're like, ding, ding, ding. Uh Clearly, Roger's the one who committed this murder and he did it. He was contracted by Marjorie to do it. Case closed. I am so
0: alarmed by how this case should clearly be done here. Uh-huh. And you, we've clearly got a ways to go. This is nuts. Mm-hmm.
1: So after that discovery, um, Marjorie and Roger go back to Duluth to attend the funeral. Uh huh. Fake. Their and they tears. stay at a Radisson hotel downtown. And after they check out, of course, the police go in and they search it. Mm-hmm. And in the room, they find a receipt for a purchase of $54.86 from a Twin Cities Airport gift shop on. What day do you think, Kristen? (gasps) The day of the murders! Dun, dun, dun! Whoa! Yeah. They leave evidence behind in this room! They're just idiots. That is unreal. Yes. Okay, continue. Okay. So, then police go and they talk to the gift shop clerk. And, um... What? Why would you stop at a gift shop? I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. No. So they go and they talk to the gift shop clerk and show him the receipt and he remembers that like he looks at the receipt and it's like dated it's like at six forty AM on the date of the murders and whatever, and he describes the man who made the purchase of a garment bag. The person purchased uh-huh. a garment bag and the person matches Roger Caldwell's description to a T. Yep. So police are like, this is all coming together great, wonderful, excellent, perfect. So meanwhile, Marjorie and Roger are mourning the loss of Elizabeth uh-huh. and they're in Duluth for the funeral and then they travel to the Twin Cities, um, which I don't know how far apart they are, but not very far, I don't think. Okay. And they stay at a hotel there and suddenly Roger Caldwell collapses and he was taken to the hospital. What and wouldn't you know? No. It, there's no. an enormous amount of tranquilizers no. in his system when he gets to the hospital. Oh. <laughs> yes. <Ugh>. Yes. <laughs> and they're the same ones that were found in Elizabeth's system three years earlier. You can't trust people. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. So they're able to, you know, pump his stomach and whatever, and he's fine. Yeah. But while he's in the hospital recovering, and I'm assuming Marjorie's by his side. Police searched the hotel room that they'd been staying at in Bloomington. Yes. And do you know what they found? Tranquilizers. They found a small wicker suitcase. (gasps) And 25 pieces of jewelry Uh taken from Elizabeth's room, including the watch and the diamond and sapphire ring.
0: Uh, I have a question. Yes. Was Marjorie the only heir to this fortune? I
1: believe so, yes.
0: So why even take the jewelry? No idea. Because you're going to get you're it You're going to get it, yeah. That's
1: just... Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, police are like, how do you explain this, Marjorie? Mm-hmm. And she had an explanation, Kristen, a perfectly reasonable explanation. I would love to hear it. This jewelry wasn't stolen. These were just copies of her mother's jewelry because she admired her mother's jewelry so much she had had copies of them
0: made yeah and they're all missing (laughs) no
1: (laughs) it's just a coincidence that she happened to have copies of the same jewelry that had been stolen from her murdered mother's bedroom in the wicker suitcase that was also stolen from her murdered mother's bedroom that is the
0: dumbest thing I have ever heard no
1: Meanwhile, back in Colorado, Uh a piece of mail arrives at the motel room where Marjorie and Roger had been living.
0: I'm picturing a Schitt's Creek scenario.
1: Are you? Yeah, probably. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Wouldn't you know that that letter was postmarked from Duluth on the day of the murder? No. Yep. And inside was a 1,700-year-old Byzantine coin that had been housed in a memorabilia case in Elizabeth Congdon's bedroom.
0: These people are dumb as fuck. Are they? Yes, they are, Brandy.
1: Handwriting experts took a look at this envelope and they concluded... That it was Roger Caldwell's handwriting.
0: Well, no kidding.
1: On that envelope. Uh Uh-huh. And, now this is going to shock you.
0: Okay, I'm prepared.
1: Roger had a coin collection. (gasps) (laughs) The mystery continues. (laughs) That was the sound of me falling out of my chair. (laughs) Hair and blood that were found at the scene were Rogers. Uh, well at this time remember it's the 70s they oh, were. right. They look at hair and blood type samples and they're deemed similar to Roger Caldwell's which is as good as it got in those days. The thing that police did not have were fingerprints which was like the best form of evidence at that time. Right. There were Roger Caldwell didn't leave a single fingerprint in the house. Well, so,
0: that's like the only smart thing this dumb Yeah, dumb so did. police
1: just concluded that he had had gloves on Sure, while he committed the crime. Of course. So, they put all of this together. It wasn't that much work. I mean, he left a terrible trail. Yeah. And nine days after Elizabeth's um, murder, Roger Caldwell was arrested and charged with two counts of so, one article I re- saw said attempted first-degree murder. Oh, uh, no. He for I sure did it. I think he for it. sure did it. So, I don't know why it said attempted. I think he was charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his trial took place in 1978, and it was moved to Brainerd. Does that sound familiar at all? No. That's where Fargo takes place. Oh! <laughs>
0: I thought we'd had some precious no, memory no, no, there. No. I was like,
1: sorry. No, uh, so um, Marjorie mm-hmm. in Fargo is, is from Brainerd. Okay. <laughs> Home of the Blue Ox. <laughs> is her name Marjorie or is it just Margie? Hey, Margie. Margie. It's just I'm, Margie.
0: Well, I'm sure it's
1: Marjorie, but then. Probably. They, you know. Or Margaret could be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think? Uh-huh. So, because of pre-trial publicity, because this is a huge deal, well, like, yeah. This, this heiress was murdered, and probably by her own daughter and her husband, and so it was moved to Brainerd. Um, of course, the Caldwell, of uh, Roger Caldwell, had some pretty high powered defense because I think they at this time maybe had had some kind of access to the trust money. I don't Mm -hmm. really know. Somehow they paid for some pretty good defense attorneys for Roger. And they had a pretty good defense.
0: Well, I can't imagine.
1: Pretty good defense strategy, I will say. They pointed out all the mistakes that were made with the police procedures No, the crime scene was contaminated and clearly the Caldwells were being framed no no
0: absolutely not who would who would frame them for this
1: I don't know it's a mystery (sighs) Kristen
0: it's not
1: here were the mistakes that the police made okay too many people were allowed access to the crime scene, especially on that very first day. Evidence was trampled. Cigarette butts were put out in the toilet, in the nurse's bathroom where the killer had cleaned up. So there was evidence in that bathroom. There was like where they'd washed away blood. There yeah. was blood spattered in there. And cigarette butts were thrown in the toilet in there by multiple police officers yeah that's not great it's not great a palm print that was found on the sink that was like this is great evidence right we're gonna nail them this is gonna be roger's palm print
0: it belonged to one of the police it officers was the lead police
1: investigator yes. no print. no <laughs> yeah yeah um they had brought a dog in to what why oh, are your eyeballs all big
0: It's a rejection from an agent, but that's okay.
1: (laughs) Why are you checking your email, Kristen? Because I saw
0: another one came in, and this week it's just been been too crazy. Yes.
1: You're shitting your pants every five minutes. Yes. Yes.
0: Gang, this book might get published. It might
1: happen. (laughs) It's going to happen. I'm so excited for you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. and really proud to be your friend. Thank you. (laughs) This has been a crazy week. Yeah. I don't know how much is smart to say. Probably it's smarter to not say anything.
1: Yeah. I think that's, yeah.
0: But. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. Things are happening.
0: I've had like one goal my whole life. Yeah. And for the longest time I didn't write a book because I was afraid of like what happens if you try to get your one goal and you fail at it. And you fail at it. Yeah. And so I did it and it might actually oh god oh. can't even say it oh. can't even say it oh.
1: okay back to the murder mystery yeah yeah a dog was allowed into the crime scene You're to kidding. check for scent evidence oh okay okay and they tracked I the scene but they stopped. were allowed to like jump through that window uh-huh. that they said the intruder had broken and like had trampled evidence there The mistakes that were made at this crime scene actually led to some changes in Duluth police pr- procedures well, following I'm, this. I would hope so. Um, there are rules about how many people are allowed in a crime scene and detectives have to wear gloves when they survey a crime scene all because of this. Oh, I, which, I'm sorry. No
0: shit wear yeah. gloves. Yeah. Hey, don't just drop your cigarette butts all Willy nilly. Yes. Put your hands everywhere like you just don't care. But the (laughs)
1: sorry, but the prosecution's case was strong. They had all that evidence. Yeah, of course. That and they had they had they had finally nailed down a fingerprint. It was on that letter that had been postmarked from Duluth the day of the murders that had the coin in it that had been taken from the case in in Elizabeth's room. They had isolated a fingerprint on it and it was Roger Caldwell's.
0: Okay. There we go.
1: Yeah. So the jury...
0: Found him guilty as hell. Found him guilty.
1: Yes. And he was sentenced to two life terms. Okay. Following his conviction, Marjorie was also charged with murder conspiracy or conspiracy yeah, to commit yeah. murder mm-hmm. and aiding and abetting a murder. Yeah. Her trial was held in 1979, and it was also moved because of pre-trial publicity to Hastings, Minnesota. And the evidence the prosecution presented was the same. But things didn't go that well at Marjorie's trial. First of all, the jurors loved her. What? Yes. Why? Um, I don't really know. Somehow they connected with her. She sat there knitting during her whole trial. Like, Wow. Yes. And a key piece of evidence that was used to convict Roger was discredited at Marjorie's trial. That letter? That letter. That fingerprint that placed Roger in Duluth. On the day of the murders, a fingerprint expert said it's not his. It's not a match. No. Yeah. And so.
0: Oh my God. So this whole thing. Huh?
1: Marjorie was acquitted. Oh my God. But it's okay. We've already solved no, the mystery. He's get
0: a retrial. It was
1: Roger in the hall. With the candlestick. He's going to get a retrial. Following Marjorie's acquittal, which I told you she connected with the jury. They all went out like for drinks after her acquittal. Marjorie and the jury. Isn't that nuts? That is the weirdest thing. It's so weird. Yes. So following Marjorie's acquittal. Um, Roger Caldwell obviously appealed his conviction. Yeah. And that appeal went all the way to the Minnesota Supreme Court. Oh, yeah. And in 1982, they threw out his conviction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, they should if that wasn't his fingerprint. Mm
1: -hmm. So they threw out his conviction and the prosecution was like, nope, Yes, yeah, we just try 100% again. know that he did this. Of course. We will try him again. Maybe. Well, meh, I don't know. This might be tough without the fingerprint evidence, and they already no. acquitted Marjorie. Maybe we won't be able to get a conviction. And so in 1983, they approached Roger with a plea deal. If he would give them a full confession, Yeah. They would give him time served. Wow. So he had been in prison for 5 years at that point. <gasps> oh god. Mhm. And so he took the deal. Oh my god. Yeah. He said that he alone had killed Elizabeth and that that hadn't been his intention. That night he had gone to the mansion purely to steal some things, to sell, to pay off their debts and that the nurse had fought him and he'd had no choice and then to murder her. And then um, like once he'd killed the nurse, he felt he had to kill Elizabeth and that Marjorie was in no way involved.
0: Bullshit.
1: Mm hmm. People were pissed about this deal.
0: Five years? Five and you years? murdered two people?
1: Five years. People were pissed about this deal. And even the prosecutor who offered the deal came to regret it later. He said it was the biggest mistake of his career. Like Of course it was. Yeah. He said he should have walked away and tried the case again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He said to the that looking back he believes that Roger didn't do this do this alone that there was likely someone else in the house with him that night some third accomplice oh come on and that the purpose was of course to murder Elizabeth for the inheritance and that there wasn't the intention to kill the nurse Velma but that she fought and they had to well they didn't have to well they believed they had to yeah so, Roger Caldwell was released from prison oh, after serving five years and confessing that is to the so murders. That is so
0: infuriating.
1: But that's not the end. Five years later, in 1988, Roger Caldwell committed suicide. And he left three suicide notes oh my god and one of them said
0: this is the best case ever
1: it's so good one of them said i didn't kill those girls what you need to know is that i didn't kill those girls or to my knowledge ever harm a soul in my life those girls i know i think that's a super weird thing to say they were both elderly yeah so Roger Caldwell was 54 years old at the time of his death. Um, Marjorie went on to remarry. Um, actually, she and she and Roger separated shortly after his conviction. She went on and actually married somebody else while she was still married to <laughs> Roger. Wow. Yeah, she had lots more problems with fraud. She never got any of the inheritance. Um, I believe she's still alive. Wow. But yeah, technically... A lot of people think that that case is still unsolved.
0: It's not.
1: I oh, I completely agree. I think one hundred percent. Marjorie paid Roger to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Roger never got any of that money, and I think Roger killed himself because he couldn't handle the guilt of what he had done.
0: Yeah, and he didn't reap any of the rewards. Any of the he reward, yeah. I mean, imagine. Yeah. You don't get the rewards you think you're going to get, and your shitty wife tries to murder you and then Mm -hmm. gets away with everything, and now she's with some new guy. Oh, that was nuts. Yeah.
1: So if you go take this tour, like the official position is that if somebody asks about the murder during the tour, they. The tour guide will not talk about it out of respect for the family.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But there's a QA session at the end of the tours, and they will answer questions during that. And they sell a book about it in the gift shop.
0: Boy, they really dance around that. And they don't sure they? do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, I want to go here and tour it, and I want to read the book.
0: <laughs> you and I need to do. A Sarah Vowell-style assassination vacation.
1: Yes! Did you
0: ever read that book? No, huh? She goes around to all the places where like presidents were assassinated. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of morbid and creepy, yeah. but she's hilarious. Yeah. I think we need to do we that. We
1: do. 100%. Love it. Love it. And thank you to Caitlin for recommending Pronounce that case. Alan. If Caitlin pronounced Alan, thank you for <laughs> <laughs> recommending that case. Oh, my God. That Can you believe crazy. five years he got up with five years and Marjorie was acquitted?
0: Uh, that's so upsetting. That's yeah. not justice.
1: No. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. So something that I think is really interesting is that the house had actually been left to, um, had been given to the University of Duluth, Minnesota Duluth um, years before. But like Elizabeth was like in as part of the deal, she got to live in the house until her death. Sure. And then they would open it up for tours or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, now that makes sense to yeah.
0: me. It's amazing that the same furniture and everything is still there. I think that's nuts. Ugh. We got to go.
1: I know. I want to see where
0: it happened. Minnesota's not that far. It's from not there. that far. We've talked about going camping. Together. I know. What if we say, fuck camping? And, and go to Minnesota. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we I don't know. oh so cool so
1: good such a good case i had never heard of it i'd never heard of glensheen mansion and now i have to go there
0: Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely what you got going on over there brandy um
1: i feel like there was so- oh no what's wrong i was gonna talk about the tattoo thing but i already talked about it Ta-
0: <laughs> that's my only show note
1: You ruined that, didn't you? I did. Blew my wad too early, as some might say. God, please never again. (laughs) No. So, okay, that sounds like a disgusting phrase, right? It does. But my mom says it when she's like, talking about like shopping and stuff like she doesn't want to buy the first thing she doesn't want to blow her wad right away and i'm like mom that's disgusting she means she says she means her wad of cash you know i understand like, i understand what she means but it sounds
0: disgusting well it's kind of like dp for dp yeah we know he means
1: yeah dr pepper, pepper for Darryl yeah Pitts, and but... my mom just means her wad of cash but it sounds like she doesn't want to splooge all over that <laughs> outfit
0: well <laughs> and we appreciate that very much.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, what kind of show notes do you have, Lil Missy? Wow. You no, know what?
0: I've had kind of a busy week <laughs> this week. <laughs> what with dreams maybe coming
1: true, <laughs> dreams hanging in the balance. Real talk, you and I have had so much shit going on. Like,. Our, that's why we're recording it. <laughs> uh, on a Tuesday at like yeah. 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, let's talk about Patreon for a second. Yes. So we've had a couple people who are like, I wonder when the bonus episode's going to drop. I wonder like, when they're going to start sending out the stickers and stuff like that. So Patreon won't allow us to like, fulfill our rewards. Is that what we're calling them? Rewards? Yeah. Until... They won't um, let us blow our wad until, <laughs> until like the first subscription fee is paid. So that happens July 1st. And then we'll soon after that, we'll drop the bonus episode and we'll start sending out the stickers and stuff.
0: But in the meantime, we are still letting people like vote for episodes. Absolutely. You can still join
1: the discord, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So there's, still, there's stuff still stuff to do. Yes.
0: But we're just letting you know, we're not like, you know, snoozing on you. No. We
1: are just following the rules. <laughs> We we are nothing if not rule followers. We really are. We so are so late. rule followers. I really thrive in structure.
0: Yes. One of these agents this week asked yeah. me how I do with deadlines. And it's like, oh, honey. Yeah. Never have I disappointed anyone. Never. <laughs> no. That would be the last thing you would do (laughs)
1: absolutely not i shouldn't say never have i disappointed anyone but like man okay so we've mentioned that this is an after dark episode our after dark episode this is super tame because i worked all fucking day i was so fucking busy um and you have had crazy shit going on may i tell you my day yeah so obsessing over
0: these this agent stuff yeah and then I did a thing I don't like to do, which is I did this whole episode in one day, yeah. which,
1: you know, is too tight a time it's frame for me. It's way too stressful. We've both done it, and it's so stressful.
0: And then I was, like, all, like, jacked up on Mountain Dew. Like, couldn't handle yeah. myself. So in 90 degree heat, I went over. You had to over, go for
1: a run? No, I went oh. to the
0: new house, and I was like, I'm going to pick all the weeds. Oh, I was out there for three hours. I bet. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to trim all the shrubs. Turns out you need like jacked muscles. You need actual upper body strength. Yeah, You have jacked arms. You've got like Michelle Obama arms. Oh my God. Thank you. You liar. Oh my God. I'm waiting for my Vogue cover. <laughs> but no, so they left us, the old owners left us this like chainsaw thing. Yeah. So I sat there like, is it Freddy Krueger? Who's that dude with the chainsaw? <laughs> it's not, not Freddy Krueger, is it? Who is it? Who has a chainsaw? Oh, Leatherface? Yeah, thank you. I was yeah. out there like Leatherface yeah. slash Ed Gein with my <laughs> apple pie with a slice of cheddar cheese on top.
1: Eating that. Do you know who likes it that way? Who? David. No. I know. I was like, ugh. You might be a psychopath. <laughs> how how does this even happen? I know. How do you even learn that you like it that way? That, Who's like, I'm having apple pie. Would you like a big old thick slice of cheese on it? I'd <laughs> be like, fuck no. Oh, hold on. Let me ruin that
0: for you. <laughs> yeah that is disgusting yes. I truly until we I, did that episode I had never don't even worry. heard of I that.
1: adamantly told him he was wrong and that the yes. only thing you should be eating on your apple pie is vanilla ice cream absolutely yes. nice <laughs> scoop of vanilla yes. ice cream no that slab melt. of cheddar cheese
0: ugh <laughs> God. just disgusting disgusting Brandy that's what you call a red flag Oof. Mm. should I run <laughs> you <should. laughs> You can stay here in the house with no toilet <laughs> You don't need that, do you? You're not some kind of diva who needs a, no toilet, needs a toilet, are you? You're one of those weirdos who goes to the bathroom, are you? <laughs> that was the other
1: reason I, reason I went and picked weeds Was because I was like, I need, go to the I need access to a toilet Anyway Folks, we are, we're pushing through and yeah. we're getting this shit done. It is so much fun. Uh, yeah, well, so I, so you've been dealing with that. I have been dealing with refinancing my house, which is like yes. the last step in my like divorce process. Yes. In fuck is that stressful (laughs) talk about it talk about it get it all out oh my gosh so first there's like the stress of like i've never had a mortgage in my own name like is that like just by myself is that even something that i can like do and then what happens if i can't like i have i already have the house i need to keep the house i like living in it (laughs) and so then you have to do the appraisal bullshit and all of that it's just been very stressful but it's wrapping up Hopefully the rest of the process goes very smoothly and I should close in a few days.
0: How hard did you clean in
1: anticipation of your appraisal? Um, Like a fucking meth head. Yeah. So David came and helped me. He helped me clean. And he's like, just so you know, this will always be a level of clean. Like when we're talking about like, you know, cleaning the house or whatever, like on a level of like zero to appraisal. Yeah. How clean does the house need to be? It's true. It is true. Oh, my God. And then the guy spent, like, six minutes in my house. (laughs) He didn't even notice the baseboard. He didn't. Damn it. Or Uh. that I cleaned out my junk closet. (laughs) Like, no shit, that's a project I felt the need to take on. Well, I mean...
0: How often do you have someone in your home literally for the sole purpose of judging?
1: Oh yeah, and then I mean, I that's was like, weird. I was like, of course he's going to need to come in here, and like this is the closet he's going to need to measure because they just take like random measurements to verify like county records. And I'm like, of course this is the fucking closet he's going to need to be able to measure, and he's going to open it and it's going to collapse on him. He's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't imagine that appraisal coming back very good. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, it has been a lot.
0: We had our first movie night and, like, felt like forever. Forever. Yeah. It was so nice. I
1: know. It was really nice. You
0: busted out, like, the best pie ever and you made crescent rolls. Yes. So, oh my God. It, it had been forever since I had crescent rolls and you cooked them, like, just the right amount. Thank
1: you. So, oh. Thanks. Mm. It was a delightful evening.
0: Norman made cottage pie.
1: Yes. And
0: you texted him what is cottage pie? How oh, it sounds
1: like fucking Shepherd's pie. <laughs> and he said it's completely different. It's not. It's not.
0: It's the same thing. It's pretty much the same thing. It's the same
1: thing. It was very good. It was. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. We
0: got some inductions to do. Uh we do have some inductions. Yeah. I'm very excited.
1: Me too. We had our
0: first round last week, second round. So we've got we've got three rounds. Where we're doing favorite ice cream flavors, Mm -hmm. then we're going to switch it up.
1: Yeah. Something else. Favorite Pokemon, maybe. We're not going to do that. Squirtle, for the record. Just because it sounds disgusting. It does sound (laughs) disgusting. So David and I do this thing where we talk about Like things and I think that we should like just start Doing this like we should start like a discussion on this On our <laughs> discord like things that Sound dirty but aren't squirtle 100% one of them <laughs> uh, Absolutely Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Well you like before we Started recording you were talking about how busy you are at your Salon oh yeah and I said I'm just shoving
1: People in anywhere I can Film <laughs> <laughs> Again, something that sounds dirty but isn't. <laughs> we hope.
0: <laughs> All right. You're probably wondering
1: right now how you could be inducted into the Supreme
0: Court. Court! It's very difficult.
1: Yeah. Here's very what...
0: exclusive club. Yeah. And uh, you can only get in if you have $7 to your name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you got $7 a month, then you can be part of our supreme court that gets you access to bonus episodes it gets you a let's go to court sticker which we haven't mentioned this but we are packaging those stickers with a card that we're going to sign as yeah. a little thank you so yeah. it'll be a fun little bonus it's like thing a fun little cool thing yeah and then of course you get inducted into the supreme court which is an actual real thing it is a real thing and the cases are real the judgments are
1: final <laughs> <laughs> here we go Dana. Peppermint bonbon.
0: Jenny Black. Chocolate. Clint Wallen. Brown butter and toasted pecan.
1: Brianna Wallen. Cookie dough. Ariel. Chocolate brownie. Andy Polo,
0: Chocolate caramel crunch.
1: Corey P, Superman. Is that a kind of ice cream? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't it's funny. Corey, about. explain yourself. <laughs> and long-term friends, Caitlin Johnson, Oreo, and Nikki Thacker. Moose Tracks. Welcome to, to the, the Supreme. Oh my gosh, I love that Caitlin Johnson was inducted on this episode because she's the one that recommended the Glenn Sheen mansion. Oh, yes. cool! That's, amazing. <laughs> That's perfect how
0: that worked out. Okay, I'm gonna look up Superman. That, that is thing.
1: not a thing, Corey Surely not. Corey P, come on,
0: <laughs> come on, get Corey. get it together.
1: Oh, it's a real thing. Superman ice cream. Superman ice cream is it? an ice cream that comes as a swirl of three colors: blue, red, and yellow. The three colors of Superman's costume. Yeah, but what are the flavors? I, d- yellow
0: is not a flavor. <laughs> it's not a flavor. I'll have some
1: of the uh, yellow yeah. and uh, some of the blue. Uh, it's typically vanilla. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that doesn't answer anything. This is so unsatisfying. <laughs> but if it's like... If oh, it's- okay.
1: Blue Moon, which what the fuck is that? Cherry and Lemon... Are the signature flavors included in the ice Superman ice cream? But some companies have the red as black cherry and the yellow as vanilla. It's this is very confusing. This is too and damn much. Corey P. We're very sorry, <laughs> <for> <laughs> accusing you of giving us a false flavor. He's like, that's it. I'm out. I quit. <laughs> I am leaving the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh. Okay, I would just like to say that I just pulled this up on uh, Wikipedia, and there, like in the references section, uh-huh. there is an article that says, Superman ice cream, a Michigan thing. So we oh. couldn't possibly know about it, Kristen. Couldn't possibly. Couldn't possibly, even though Kansas is the birthplace of Superman. Did not know that. You didn't know that Superman was born in Kansas? I'm sorry. He's not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to all of our uh, supporters on Patreon and everybody who's supporting us other ways by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Reddit, we're on YouTube. And uh, hey, we're still working on that 300 goal on our iTunes ratings and reviews. So head on over there. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then, don't stop there. There's more. Be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics podcast adjourned
0: and now for a note about our process I read a bunch of stuff then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary
1: and I copy and paste from the best sources on the web and sometimes Wikipedia
0: so we owe a huge thank you to the real experts for this episode I got my info from the Blood Relatives episode of American Greed and an article from the Daily Oklahoman
1: and I got my info from the Duluth News Tribune CityPages.com and the Associated Press.
0: For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com.
1: Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.